in Argentina, we did a lot of um, mountain climbing, you know, backpacking and being, you know, just going out in the mountain. One of them is uh, a crossover that we liked to do and, and take some high school students. So a crossover of these high ridges, and it's a beautiful scenery, all very green, and, and you reach all these altitudes and beautiful views. And so we were taking this group of 15 high school students, and we knew how to do half of the climb, so how to climb all the way to the ridge. And then from there, we would meet someone who would take us all the way to the other side. And so our guide from the bottom of the mountain, he explained to us, he was like refreshing us. You remember you need to go over to this rock and then you take a ride, you follow the trail. Uh, just make sure that you are not deceived by these different trees and all these different things until we would get to the painted rock. Painted rock was the place where we would meet this friend of his who would come, this other guide who would come from the other side and meet, meet us there and take us where we needed to go. But our guide said one thing. He said, it looks pretty clear today, but if it gets foggy, if the clouds come down, if, you, you know, if it gets foggy at all, or you see that the fog is coming, do not move. Don't move, okay? Don't try to go anywhere. Don't move. Just seek refuge. Stay where you are and my friend will come and rescue you. <laughs> so like, how is he gonna find us out? He knows the mountain like the palm of his hand, so you don't worry, you just don't move and stay where you are. So like, well, that's a little bit exaggerated, but we'll obey. So sure enough, we got to almost the top of the mountain before we got to our meeting point, and the clouds started closing in, and they started coming. I was like, no, it's gonna be fine, you know, fog, what can that do? We keep on just following the trail. Soon enough, it was impossible to see like the person ahead of you. So I said, we have to do what he told us. And so we sought refuge and we started preparing everyone for the rescue. And we, we started praying because we didn't know, we, you know, our resources were gone. We had no knowledge that could take us out of that situation. We, we knew that we had to stay there. And sure enough, we are praying the rosary and we're looking up the mountain and almost in an epic scene, this other guide comes in a riding a horse coming to us. You know, he almost like appears from within the fog and he comes to us and, and he introduces himself and he took us all the way to the other side. Even through the fog, he knew very, very well the mountain. An amazing, amazing episode in our lives that taught us a lot about Advent. Advent is the moment to climb the mountain. Advent is the moment to climb the spiritual mount that the Lord has set before us. And sometimes during the year we uh, tend to get lazy or distracted with these this different things. But Advent is really the moment to climb the mountain. A season we focus not so much on us and what we have to do, but on the Lord who is coming. He is coming to get us. He is coming to where we are. We need to be still in the season, to be quiet, to be silent, to stay where we are, and the Lord is coming to us. Your king has already begin, began the pilgrimage, and he's coming to you. He's coming to rescue you. He's coming to find you where you are. 
Because there's many moments when the fog comes down in our lives that if we still continue to move, we make things worse and worse. Because there's nothing worse than walking or running, but in the wrong direction. That's the easiest way to get lost, as we learned in the mountain. The Lord says, be still. I am coming to your rescue. I am coming to you. I am the Lord, the King. And we see the story of the people of Israel, that they had received all the initial directions, and they were following them. But after a while, they started going astray. They were in the promised land, and they were trying to stick to the commandments. But then after a while, they started going astray, and they started going in different directions. And so they had to hear through the prophet Isaiah, as we read today, those hopeful words that the Lord is coming to get them where they are. Fear not to cry out and say to the cities of Judah, Here is your God. Here comes with power the Lord God. He's coming, who rules by his strong arm. Here's his reward with him, his recompense before him. Like a shepherd, he feeds his flock. In his arms, he gathers the lambs carrying them in his bosom and leading the ooze, the ooze with care. So he's coming like the good shepherd to get us. And he knows each one of us and he will lead us on the way. He will carry us on his arms. And we hear the same good news in the gospel today by John the Baptist. He says, one mightier than I is coming after me. The Lord is coming that pilgrimage has begun, and he's coming to us, and he's mightier than I, says John the Baptist. He is the Messiah, the one that we have been expecting for centuries, and here he comes. Remember that he's the Messiah that we expected, the people of Israel for centuries, the one who would be a priest, a prophet, and a king. The Messiah expected that was a priest in the first place, the one who would be the perfect mediator between God and his people, the, one, the only one who can offer a perfect atonement for our sins and make our relationship with God right again. Here comes the Messiah, the prophet, the one who speaks the words of God, and that's all that we heard from the lips of Jesus. Here comes the Messiah who is a king, who comes to bring a new kingdom, a new order, making things right, making things straight, a miracle worker, someone who can make something incredibly new that we haven't seen or heard before as the people did in the time of Jesus. So let us remember tonight that the one who is coming to us, the one who is coming to get us, the one who is coming to our rescue is the Messiah, the priest, the prophet, the king, He's coming this Christmas. He's coming into your life. He's coming to your rescue. And in the spiritual life, like the people of Israel, like the people in the time of Jesus, and like us today, there's always two movements, a combination of two things that are always needed. And they are experience and vision. We need experience in our spiritual life in order to move forward with the Messiah, and we also need the vision that the Messiah brings to our lives. In the first place, we need experience in our lives. 
We need to be able to learn from what we go through, to learn from our mistakes and the things that we have done right. This is a moment to learn, to not move, but to learn from the past, to be able to learn from our mistakes. Sinfulness, says the Lord in the scriptures all over the place, has its own sting within it. Because when we reflect about our sinful ways, we quickly learn that that's not the way that the Lord has prepared for us, that that's not the path where he wants to lead us. Just reflect on our sinful patterns. If we would learn, if we would truly get fed up with those patterns of sin in our lives, we would change. We would follow the Messiah where he wants to lead us. So that's the first component, that of experience, of being able to learn. You know, reflect on all those nights that you have stayed just like binging on YouTube or, or just wasting time in the computer and, you know, looking at a screen for two, three hours before going to sleep and going to sleep at two in the morning and, and how you felt the next morning and all the things that you had to do and, and you don't have time for it, but you did have three hours for that. And you know how it's not good at all from any perspective that you can look at it. If we would only reflect, we would only learn from those things that we have fell into in the past. We would want to go in a different direction. And like that with anything else that you can think in your life, just reflecting on our sinful ways, on those sinful patterns, it leads us already to hope for something different. So the first move in our spiritual life is always experience, being able to learn from the past, being able to learn from those things and really getting fed up. We cannot be freed until we get fed up with our sinful ways. So that is the first move. And the second one is that of vision, the vision that the Messiah has for your life. What does the Lord want to lead me to? What does he want to do in my life? So it's not only about experience from the past and how empty these promises have been, but being able to listen to the promises of God. What a good exercise would be to read the Gospels during this time of Advent and highlight what are the promises of God. Because the Gospels are filled with promises. And sometimes we haven't heard them enough in our lives. And that's why we don't know what is that direction that the Messiah wants to lead us through. But he has a vision. He has a vision for our lives. He has a place where he wants to lead us. Much better than the places that we have spent our time in. But we haven't contemplated it enough. We haven't gained that vision in our lives. And that's why we are not excited about the coming of the Messiah. So the second move is that of a vision. A vision that would produce passion in me. A vision that would move me to want to go in that direction. So if you haven't done so, I want to invite you on this Sunday to come up with an Advent plan for the weeks that we have left of Advent. Maybe a plan that can include these two things experience and vision. Maybe you can write down your experience. What is your experience? 
about all these patterns that are sinful in our lives. And I'm not speaking only mortal sin and those things that are the gravest and the ones that come to mind right away. But maybe all those like venial sins, those small things that really stain my soul and don't, don't, don't allow me to really grow in my spiritual life. All those obstacles that I have been complacent with, that I have agreed up upon, and they are not allowing me to grow. And right in your experience, right in your reflections, being able to reflect on those things of the past. And also reflect on what's the vision that the Lord has for you. It cannot be a vision so high that it's only accomplished at the end of your life. At the end of this Advent season, what does the Lord want to see in you? What does the Lord want to accomplish in you? So maybe it's a new detachment in your life. Maybe it's a new hope. Maybe he wants to raise faith or humility in your life. Whatever it might be. But what is that vision that the Lord has for your life? Because he is coming to rescue you. That like that guy that we have received that promise, he would come and find you wherever you are. Like the good shepherd from that first reading who is coming to get his flock that has been dispersed. The Lord is coming. And he has already begun the walk. He's coming to your life. And he's passionate about it. He has a vision for your life. So would you learn from your experiences so that you may be able to join the vision that the Lord has for your life in this Advent?